Welcome to Creative Convos with Victoria M. Hello, thank you all for joining Creative Convos. I appreciate you all tuning in so far. Thank you so much for uh, viewing the recent episodes that we have had and following us and being a part of this. Today we are here with Ms. CJ Colas. Yes, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, when when you submitted your um, story to Creative just for us to follow up with you and for us to spotlight you, your story was so moving and you're doing an amazing thing. So if you could just start with um, just letting us know about your foundation, your organization. Okay, um, like you mentioned, my name is CJ Colas. Um, actually, a friend of mine said, hey, reach out to um, Creative Mag. And I said, um, I think they don't really, like my stories, like this is boring. This they <laughs> probably about high fashion and stuff like that. This is like, people don't want to hear about, you know, um, health, cancer. No one wants to hear about that. So um, she was like, I'm going to do it as if I'm you. And I said, whatever, you're not going to get a response. And then I got an email because she used my email. And I thought, oh, my gosh, um, they're interested. And then I called her. So basically, I thought, um, because my situation um, in late 2016, I was diagnosed with stage three cancer. And it's uterine cancer. So when I learned about uterine cancer, when I learned I had it, um, basically, they said, oh, it's already not just that it's in your uterus, it's spread to your lungs, too. And mm-hmm. then, it, yeah, so they said they needed to do more testing to see where else it spread to. They checked my brain. They, went, they said because the next place would be my brain. So um, prayerfully, thank you, God. And I say that a million times and I will continue to say it. It did not get to my brain. It was just in my lungs. So um, within seven, with actually. I learned about having cancer on a Wednesday. By Friday, I had emergency surgery. I had to get a hysterectomy done. Um, and I had to wait another week to my, for my healing to complete. Well, not complete, but to start processing and then started chemotherapy and radiation. Um, within the time during my treatment, I basically wanted to learn more about the illness that I had. So I was doing research online, like what's going, what, what about uterine cancer? Because honestly, I had never heard of anyone or knew anyone with uterine cancer. When right. you hear, with cancer, you hear breast cancer, you hear stomach cancer, you hear ovarian cancer, but never uterine cancer. I had never met anyone. So I wanted to do my own research and I thought, okay, let me start and there was little information about it online. So I decided to create a blog to talk about my journey, um, what uterine cancer was. And during my research, I've learned that um, it's easily misdiagnosed. Um, and we, especially within our, you know, black and brown communities, we're told a lot that we have um, fibroids. When yes. I was... That was my issue. I was um, I had a lot of issue with having five uterine fibroids, and which people think, oh, that's never gonna turn into cancer. That can't be right. cancer, and it's really not true. Um, it can, and that was my issue. So, I had just had my son two years prior to learning I had cancer, and my son was only oh, wow. two. So during that time, I had an IUD. Um, actually, I had the IUD when he was about 
maybe six months old. And I said, um, just in case I wanted to wait until he may be about four to have another child because he's my only child. So, um, and I thought, okay, I had an IUD and then I, my only symptoms I had, I wasn't sick. There were mm-hmm. or misdiagnosed or when you start noticing symptoms, it's actually almost too late because there's actually not a real symptom you can see, except um, like I wasn't in pain. I wasn't having any um, issues where I was sick. I was in bed. I was working, um, just doing your normal daily things. Right. And the I had, I started noticing that I had a, I started having a menstrual cycle and, and I thought, oh, I'm having a menstrual cycle. I didn't think you can get those with an IUD because that's what my doctor said. But when I called my doctor to find out, okay, why am I having a menstrual cycle? And he said, well, um, sometimes you can spot. And I said, okay, let's see how long that goes. So I realized, um, okay, I'm spotting, but this spot continued and it kept going on for two weeks and another three weeks and and I kept going. So I went back to my doctor. He said, oh no, that's uncommon. So he removed the IUD and he left it out for a while. And he said, I want to put you on birth control to regulate the cycle, which is what some of the things they say. Uh And so I went ahead and I thought, okay, sure. So I um, took birth control for 30 days went back to my appointment. And by then my menstrual cycle had gone from spotting to a regular cycle to heavy bleeding. And right. I know my, um, and I thought, I know my body, this isn't, this is not normal for me. And he put me back on, he put the IUD back in more birth control and it just got worse. And then this was from, uh, this was from actually June going on through August. That was the length. And Currently, I'm living in Nashville, Tennessee, but I'm, I'm lived, I grew up in Florida and Miami. I'm from Miami. My entire family lived there. So my parents came up to visit and I remember talking to my dad and he said, um, it's not normal. You need to see a doctor ASAP. And because my family is Haitian, right. they do remedies um, where you, you know, we drink a lot of tea. And so my parents went back and my mom and my dad sent um leaves so I could boil the drink and a lot of things and it didn't work and I told them this is not working it seems like it's right worse and at the time I was working like I mentioned I lived maybe 10-15 minutes from work um I was driving home and I had an accident my entire car was a mess I got oh, home, wow. in the shower I was standing there and blood was just gushing, clots was gushing down. And I thought, oh my God, I'm just going to bleed to death. I don't understand what's going on. I called my doctor. He said, come into the hospital the next day. When I went in, he said, I need to do a, um, I need to scrape the clotting. That's what's causing the bleeding. Because he had done wow. an ultrasound. He did like two ultrasounds. And he said, it's f- the fibroids. That's what he kept saying. The fibroids is doing this. They're growing bigger. I can see it. They're big. And I can tell they were bigger because I felt like my stomach was getting bigger um and I felt like almost like a pregnant I wasn't so I feel like my god this is feel like pregnancy almost and so when we got to the hospital my husband and I and we um sat there and they did some you know before they do any procedures they do lab work for you so they did some lab work and um they came back that I was pregnant and I said that's impossible and they said we need to do it again they did it again and um, the doctor came back and said, 
I don't know what's going on. It's showing that you're pregnant, but you should have been at least nine months pregnant as right. far as, you know, my levels were so high. And I thought, wow, that's crazy. But I got scared because I thought, okay, I must have miscarried. And that's why I was bleeding so heavy. Right. Um, so he admitted me into the hospital the next morning, woke up with the news that no, it's not all of that is cancer. The tumors, the fibroid tumors are actually cancer. It's already in your lungs. And that's how I got my news. And I went into the hospital for an outpatient procedure, ended up staying for 12 days. So that was like, whoa, my life just changed. And so that was my journey. So during chemo, I thought I need to keep searching and researching about uterine cancer. And that's when I started blogging about uterine cancer and just to get the news out there. There's this illness, you know, it's real. This is something that a lot of us are being told that we get misdiagnosed, that we have fibroids. Yes, that's true. Yeah. And there's cancer going on and this could have killed me. I was at stage three. There's four stages to it. I'm at stage three. So if it had gone to my brain and I would have been at stage four. So um, then when I started blogging, a few people started reaching out saying, yes, my wife died from it. My, um, she, uh, well, another, a man called and said, Hey, my sister died. My mom, there were people that were actually out there that had family members that died, but I've never heard of it. So I thought, wow, this is crazy. And then through my research, I've learned that more Caucasian women are diagnosed yearly with uterine cancer and more African-Americans are dying. So I said, the numbers aren't adding up. Why right. get it? But more African-Americans died from it because the lack of knowledge, you know, unaware. Information so, and just not allowing people to yeah, like, with the symptoms, not fully understanding their symptoms. It comes with like the Black community. I think that's something yeah. that people really need to understand Yeah, when it comes with health. One yeah. thing that I think a lot of women, especially Black women, are looked over and are just not really taken seriously when they go into a medical field or not medical field, but when they go into the doctor and they're yeah. saying something is wrong and something's abnormal, something's not right here. Right. I think as a woman, you're aware of your own body. Exactly. And understanding when something's not right. And I think it's just the best that like sometimes you have doctors that understand Um doctors who are of color but also doctors who are not of color you have to start listening to women of color when they have symptoms and when they are realizing that something's not right with their body exactly and this is and that's why a lot of you know more african-american women um died during during the time they're giving birth than any other culture because i believe they feel like we exaggerate about being in pain we um they they, it's a lot of things. And I'm a person, I tolerate pain very, like I can tolerate pain. And like I said, I wasn't in pain. And even my physician was like, um, like, have you been in pain? And I said, no, I haven't. She said, you sure? Even my husband was like, she couldn't be in pain and felt like, oh, it's normal. It's normal. Yeah. Because she a lot of pain. Um, but honestly, um, you know, learning that, you know, a lot of, um, the, our numbers, like the percentage of African-American numbers that died, African-American that died from uterine cancer versus Caucasian women and more Caucasian women are diagnosed yearly. And I thought, wow, that's, and that's just not right. So I started blogging about it. And then um, my friend said, well, create a website. And I have a website, a blog. And I thought, she said, well, you um doing a lot. And I thought, maybe 
So I created a social media page. I thought, let me put it out there on social media, on Instagram. Let me get this information out there. And I learned about Uterine Cancer Awareness Month. I said, there's a Uterine Cancer Awareness Month. I right. So I started telling my friends and family and just um, putting the information out there. So because I live in Nashville, Tennessee right now, but I go back and forth in my to Miami. Yeah, that's interesting that you said that because I live in Nashville too. Really? Yeah. <laughs> no idea. Wow. So I said, um, so I thought, well, let me get, um, let me get some things done. Let me get some things out there. Um, and I started meeting people. I started going to um, events and just having, trying to get the word out. Just, I just want people to understand. I just want that information out there as much as people hear about breast cancer. I want uterine cancer yes. to be important. So that's why I created a foundation. I thought this will help people. And while I was in chemo, I remember meeting different women that was going through cancer and not necessarily uterine cancer. Everybody in the treatment room had different cancer. There were times I would spend three days in the hospital getting treatment. And then there were weeks I would go one day. And it was like every other week I would be in there three days and then the other weeks one day. And it Mm -hmm. was, I mean, I lost my hair. My Every hair in my body was gone. I was losing weight really easy. And then my doctor thought, um, this isn't going to work. You need to, you can't go, the, the, the rate that I was losing weight, it was un, un, unhealthy for me. So he stopped chemo treatment for about a month, had me on steroids. Within that month, I probably gained like 30 pounds quick on that steroid. Wow. And then fingers were swelling, like I couldn't wear my wedding ring. It was just a lot of things. And I started treatment again, but he kept me on a steroid doing treatment. So in total, I gained about 60 pounds doing treatment which I was okay with as long as I know it was working. Like I wasn't complaining. Like I'm, I'm okay. And these were the, and these were the effects that were having on your body while going through treatment yes. for uterine cancer. Correct. And so with your blog that you have, um, are you, are you like documenting and commenting about the changes that you're going through yeah. um, during treatment, before treatment and after treatment? Yes, I come. I during the whole time I was in treatment, I blogged everything. I post everything on social media, on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, losing my hair, I talked about that. Um, I talked about the. I knew it was coming, losing my hair, but the time that it came was like I felt like it was the wrong time. The day I went to right. my, uh, my um, sister-in-law and brother was getting married, and I was part of the wedding. And my hair was falling out. And I thought, not today. Let it happen tomorrow, but not today. And I ended Like, up- we could control, you know. When- <laughs> yeah. And, and it happened. And I ended up um, walking in these people waiting with a bald head. <laughs> um, I felt like, I w- actually, I went to the store trying, looking for wigs. I felt like nothing looked right. Nothing. Absolutely. You know, at that moment, when you know, you have an idea what you want to look like. But right. No, I completely understand. Mm-hmm. I think women that, you know, go through cancer, I think it's you as many stories that you can hear yeah. or that you read about, it's still never going to prepare you to have your body um, right. like experiences it. That's what um, when you were talking, going back to what you were saying at first, when you were stating like, you know, you had no idea about the cancer you didn't you didn't have a lot of information about a particular type of cancer that you had and being you know a black woman 
you start to understand like there's a lot of information that's not needed when did you like when you stated that and you said that you wanted to start your blog when was it the moment that you really realized that you needed to get the information out there and to help and what made you use a blog as your medium to try to you know spread information and share information with others well when I started researching like how can I heal myself at home like what causes this how do women get this? Is it something that can come back if I'm, if I'm healed? Am I going to die? Like I wanted to know what percentage of women survive. Those were the thoughts going through my head because I was curious to know because I have a, I was at the time I'm thinking I have a two-year-old. I want to, I want to see him grow up. I want to survive. I want to live. I'm not giving up. I want to make sure I'm healthy. I want to, and I changed my lifestyle as far as I hate eating habits. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like I said, I used to eat anything and everything. Now it's just, um, I don't eat meat. I just eat fish. Like I've changed a lot of things, um, you know, especially um, just though, like I, I never, I never work out. Now I walk, I, you know, those little things. But when I realized, when I started doing, ask, going, I actually would Google and say, what percentage of women survive this? And, and the answers I would get it would, would say, this amount of women survive, and when that's when I learned more African American women die, and then right. more are diagnosed. And I thought people need to learn about this. People need to know what's going on. So it's, especially in the black community. <laughs> so I started blogging about it, and I thought, wow. And then I said, you know what? This is going to turn into oh, an entire thing. And then I said, you know, I want to create a. I got a five hundred one c three foundation. I created just. Um, and the reason that 501c3 foundation came a bit later, because like I mentioned, I was going through chemo and I would, we would leave treatment and the women I talked to, some of them, they didn't have families to take care of them. They didn't have, um, they didn't, they were thinking about, should I buy medicine? Should I buy food? Which one should I do? Like, yeah, after your treatment, you're sick. It can get you really sick. You're weak. I would get treatment the same day, leave the hospital. I would go to Walmart grocery shop and I have all the energy. The next day I can't get out of my bed. I live in the bathroom because I'm throwing up all day. Like that was one of the issues. And I thought I can imagine some of these women are having a family to help. Although my entire family lives in Florida, but my husband and his brother live here and, and it's the wife, they help, they support. I have a great church family. I work right. So you have a community, family. thankfully. Honestly, I thought about moving back to Miami, but when my parents came and they saw how much help I need, I had my mother-in-law and, his, and my father-in-law, they would come and visit and help. And everybody would stay two, three weeks at a time. My sister came, like people would, I had a lot, my family is very supportive, so they come in. But when they came in and realized, oh my God, she has a great support in Tennessee. They thought you're fine. I, my mom would like, I'm not as worried because you do have a great amount of support. Right, so, that, so is that where you're- that you need that. So when I saw other women that didn't have that, and I thought I'm gonna create a foundation to be able to help these women, and that my foundation basically create resource so these women can have food. Can they be able to um, purchase medicine? Um, and my goal is to I would give people right home from treatment because they're either waiting on a bus or an Uber. Like you at that point, you're going through chemo treatment, and this is the thing that you have to do. It wasn't right. right. It's a wow. real struggle. I see. I see. People from 
go into treatment to homelessness because people feel like they have to sell their home to pay for this treatment or they don't have cover, insurance coverage. So I want to be able to provide the support they need so they don't have to worry about how am I going to eat? How am I going to pay for my medication? How am I going to, um, you know, get up the next day and get a ride to treatment? So my goal is to get like a van, a transportation van where they can transport people to and from treatment. Um, I want to have a building, a cancer center where I can have people come then pick them up, take them to and from treatment, bring them to the cancer center and get taken care of, get nutrient, nutrients, um, what they need, basically. So that's my goal. That's what I'm working on right now. So prayerfully that happens really soon. <laughs> and what's the name of the foundation, the full name it's, of your foundation? It's called Team CJ Collis Uterine Cancer Foundation. And you started that foundation here in Nashville? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Nice, okay. And so... With the um, foundation. Surprising that you live here. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> well, you said Nashville. I was like, oh, okay, cool. What part um, of Nashville? I live Nashville downtown, like the downtown area. Okay. I'm not, yes. I don't know a lot of places because, like <laughs> I said, I'm from Florida. <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. I actually used to live in Miami too. So that's so funny. I used to, I just moved from Miami to Nashville. So, Wow. We have, right, same thing, same. <laughs> oh my God, crazy. Yeah, I live in North same Miami. Same uh, But yeah, so you were, ex- when doing your, doing your whole journey with you having uterine cancer, you were not only trying to recover and heal from uterine cancer, but you also experienced motherhood in the midst yeah. of all of that. And so I could see how you created that foundation and you wanting to assist women with this because you kind of experience two different realms. You're a cancer patient and a survivor, but you're also a mother. So I'm sure whatever energy that you should have to be a mother was completely gone when healing and going through treatment and, you know, everything like that. So just you being able to survive this and still out here having the energy to be a mom and to be a survivor and also trying to champion for women who are out here you, that you've seen with the same struggle even more than yours like you said you you had support but you've seen people who have not had support I'm sure they were mothers as well yes. and just still like struggling to yes. you know fight this you know disease and so your story is um your story is inspiring and that's one thing <laughs> at creative magazine even though it seems we are focused on fashion and art we are all about reaching out to individuals and giving them a spotlight because they inspire others you never know how your story could touch someone who's going through the same thing that you went through or just enter the phase of knowing that they have some type of cancer whether it's uterine breast cancer any other type of cancer, your story and your will to just keep going is something that is just so inspirational, truly inspirational, Um, especially with so much going on today. One thing people just don't have to, the the one thing that you really hate to worry about is your body breaking down on you. Yeah. Without, you know, if if you're not healthy, you have nothing because in the moment that you're fighting for your life, you're thinking about, um, well, if I don't have anything left, 
in me if I don't have anything like you know we worry I think on our daily lives we worry about the wrong thing like oh I need to um get rich or that's what people that's the everybody's yeah. goal to um be wealthy have money but the health part if you health don't have well right if you don't have that because when you I, it, it changed me because you know the little things I thought were important when I got the news that I had cancer and I'm thinking laying there and I thought oh my god nothing else mattered nothing else seemed important except for in this moment god I just need you to heal me give me another chance and I remember asking my doctor and saying um am I going to live am I going to survive this after getting the news he said and honestly, I, th- I wanted him to say in my face, yes, no, no problem. And I didn't get that from him. I, he, and he was just going in circles saying, well, you know, a lot of people survive this illness. Um, but in your case, I want to do more testing to see if it's spread anywhere else. So um, we'll know for sure about, you know, your, your, your um, percentage um, survival rate. We'll know for, like, no, you're not telling me what I want to hear right now. I just right, want to know. Yeah. I wanted a straight yes or no. And it was, I was getting a little bit angry. And he said, don't worry. And I said, what? Not worry. Like my son is two and I might not be here to see him grow up. And I didn't think about, at the time, I didn't think about my husband because I thought, okay, he still can get out there, be married or whatever. But all I wanted someone, to, if I, something happened to me, I want him to marry someone that loved my son. That's all I can think about was my son. And when they test me and say it wasn't in my brain, and he said, well, right now, you're, let's see if chemo works. If chemo doesn't work, then we have to try another alternative. But if chemo works, you your survival rate can be at 80%. Wow. And I thought, thank you, Lord. And right. I, I just pray that it worked. And yeah, first day of treatment, um, my husband was working and my brother, my husband's brother came into the hospital and sat with me. And he said to me, um, and they came with a booklet. I can, I remember it seemed like it was a booklet of papers. I had documents I had to sign. Mm-hmm. Saying, this can kill me if um, it hurt me. Like, like my family can't sue my family. Like this is, I'm accepting this to treat the illness that I have. I kept was a lot of things and basically saying, if I have a, a will, a power of attorney, like so much things were- So in- much information, yeah. I could definitely see like how- Here, yes. Yeah, and, it's scary. And before the nurse start, and you know, every time you go into the hospital, the nurse will put on gloves to do whatever. But that day we were in a room at the hospital and my brother-in-law sitting there and I'm thinking about my son and I'm praying and I'm nervous. My heart is racing. And the nurse was getting masks and gear. Like she was going to space. She got full gear. And I said, you know, I've never seen nurses do that before. Um, is um, Why are you doing this? Like what's going on? And she said, well, the treatment you're getting, um, if you feel like you can't breathe, like you feel like there's an elephant sitting on your chest or you feel like, um, you're going to throw up. If you feel any type of way, we have to stop it right away. And the reason I'm in this gear, if it spill, it can burn my skin because it's toxic. And I thought, oh, wow. what, it's going in my body. What do you mean? And it's going in your body. Right. And, and it's such a strong chemical to help, like, yeah. you know, feed off the cancer. Exactly. In the moment, I just, 
thank God. And I looked over at my brother-in-law and he was like, he had like a poker face as if like, <laughs> if I look scared, she's going to get scared if I look like, and and I, I, I felt that's what he was, but because I look over at him and he was like, you're going to be all right. And I thought, I was like, and when they injected me with the medication, first they gave me nausea medication so I didn't throw it up. And then when they gave me the chemo, two nurses stood in the room and just stared at me. I was like, kept staring at me for 10 minutes at least. She kept looking, she was timing herself. And I said, what's going on? She said, we have to make sure your um, your body's reacting good. And they were smiling and saying, she's reacting really well to it. Like they were relief. And I thought, okay, I need to be relieved. So you know how when you're on the plane, and you're a little scared. Yes. And over at the flight attendant, okay, they look okay. Okay. <laughs> well, like I said before, your story is like, it's like I said, it's truly inspiring. I'm glad you were able to share this with us. We have to wrap it up because we are running out of time. But um, I'm happy that you were able to share this story with us and we're able to share this with others. Um, I can see now that your foundation, you're going to be offering a lot of services in the future for for women who are going to be going through this. And um, I mean, there's so many that you can offer just from the story that you told me, like being someone there with someone in the hospital, giving information, providing aid, providing, you know, daycare how you know all this information and so all this aid and so i am happy that you took the time to share your story with us if you could um really quickly give us the name of your foundation one more time the website name and also your social media handles so people can follow you yes foundation is team cj colas uterine cancer foundation and the website is team cj colas www.teamcjcolas.org Instagram is just Team CJ Colas. Facebook, just Team CJ Colas. Everything is just Team CJ Colas. You'll find it. Um, and I forgot to mention, every year we host a gala. It's a formal affair. And you come, it's just a fundraiser. There's food, there's dancing, there's performance. It's really fun. And you come every year. I've been doing it in Nashville. I'm planning on extending it to Florida and Nashville. Oh, great. Oh, um, this is a fundraiser to actually get our van to get our building. So please come out and support. And I will send you information about it. Yes, please do. I would love to come. Yes. Area will be um it's in september during uterine cancer awareness month and then you'll notice my website everything is in peach because uterine cancer colors are peach all right thank you so much CJ. Thank we you. really appreciate you joining us and um here with us here at creative magazine and thank you so much for you all joining creative combo thank you you too until next time creatives Thanks for joining in on Creative Combos.